dear Playbills. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Toby McGuire, oh. Andrew Garfield, <laughs> and Tom Holland all don't want you to hear. It's monkeys and Playbills, y'all. I thought Tom Holland was in this for a second. Oh, if only. Maybe one day. Oh. <laughs> That's Paul DeGurse. That's Jillian Willems. And over there is producer Daphne. Hi, I don't like that you all can see me for a change. <laughs> Find the amazing poster. And we're here for the first ever live recording. Live recording <laughs> of Monkeys and Playbills, the show where we talk about Broadway musicals that had runs of 100 performances or fewer on Broadway. And what the heck happened? And today we're going to be talking about a show that had way more <laughs> so than 100 more. performances on Broadway. Ten times more. Ten times more, but is still somehow the show that we think of when we think flop. Mm-hmm, correct. What is it again, Jill? I actually would prefer not to talk about it. <laughs> no, sorry. I would prefer not to be the one to say the name because I don't have the same connection to it. So I would love for you to tell our audience what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> the biggest disaster mm-hmm. in modern Broadway history. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely the biggest disaster of the last like 10 years oh, absolutely. of Broadway. Yeah, financially, emotionally, yeah. <laughs> theatrically. Yeah, definitely like... theatrically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> all right, man. It is, it feels so exciting to be here with y'all. My, my heart's racing, my, uh, my knees are knocking. Unlike Jill, who's a, <laughs> um, who's a fantastic performer, I very rarely speak in front of an audience True. for more than three minutes before I get to play music again. Yep. So this is a very, I feel very exposed. (laughs) So just so that you all know how we work, we banter off each other. We're hoping for a little bit of participation, which we're already getting, so thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll ask you probably to vote using your hands a little bit, maybe for a bit of, I don't know, affirmation from you at times. Um, Opinions are great. Uh, shouted any which way. We might have to repeat some things that will get edited. Um, we no, don't... it's live. I'm not editing Jack's <laughs> No, don't say that. Um, so there are times where we maybe forget somebody's name and we have to go back on the thought. Don't worry. We're, we will continue on. Um, but don't be alarmed if we both just like pause for a second and then do the like short circuit thing. Yeah. Also, a look behind the curtain. Monkeys and Playbills recordings usually take about I don't know, two hours, sometimes even more. Yeah. We're not going to take that long. We're going to boot. We're, <laughs> we're going to be concise. Yeah, we're going to go for it. So count on, uh, count on that. Yes, because it's already past my bedtime. I don't know about you. Oh, absolutely. Okay, perfect. 100%. So let's, let's just get into I it. I fell asleep like an hour and a half yeah. ago. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right. Spider-Man, turn off the dark. Previews began at the Foxwoods Theater November 28th. 2010. It opened on June 14th, 2011. Do the math. And then it closed on January 4th, 2014 after 182 previews and 1,066 performances. It did not make back its budget. Not even close. Did you see it? Have you seen it? I didn't see it. I, it's, one of, it's a great regret in my life. I know. Yeah, Phil, you, you totally did saw you it, see right? It? Did anyone else? else see it? I could have. I had the opportunity. Oh, what? And instead, I went to see once in its like second year. Oh. I know. And then it came here. And it was like fine. It was was, a nice musical. I cried. It was great. But I I really wish I had seen Spider-Man instead. You could have cried over this. Because after, after that trip, I formed a deep, deep connection with this musical. Um, Not because... 
<laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this musical is my my favorite something. Mm. It's it's definitely not my favorite music. It's dreadful. It's not. It's so. It's not. It's not <laughs> my your, favorite yeah. musical. Right. Okay. But there's something about this musical that I'm so excited to talk about and dive into. Heck, let's just do it. Let's just do it. There's All so right. much to cover. So normally we're going to start with like a bit of context, a bit of history so that yep. we can kind of get into like the time and what's happening um, with this show specifically because the circumstances for me are what makes this show so yeah. interesting oh, yeah. um, and concerning as well. Um, yeah. And again, like I feel like uh, I want to apologize if this is a show that you feel really connected to because I don't like I, I more just want to like make sense of what happened yeah. more than like have strong feelings about it because I don't have a relationship with Spider-Man. I feel like it should be called Spider-Boy um, because I found out he was in high school when this happened. Sorry, anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. What is your relationship to Spider-Man? So I love superheroes. I really, really like, and Spider-Man's like top three for me. Been, I've been oh. ride or die Spider-Man since I was a kid. Hey, Paul, what's comics. on your right arm? Yeah, tell well, us. Well, that's not, it's a Batman tattoo. That doesn't, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I thought. Yeah, but <laughs> Batman's also top three. Um, <laughs> I, I have a Spider-Man shirt and a Spider-Man mug that I managed to both forget tonight, but that would have been oh, great. Okay. So I'm deeply connected to mm. Spider-Man. I went to see the Tobey Maguire movie, the first Spider-Man movie in theaters when I was a kid, right around when the start the development of this musical started, mm -hmm. and I w it was probably the greatest moment of my life up to that point. Wow, um, that's amazing. So I have a very, yes! <gasps> no, it's really good. <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> so it's Spider-Man as a character, mm -hmm. I have a very deep connection to. Wow. What about you? No, nothing. No. <laughs> like, absolutely nothing. Like, my lovely partner David was like, and this person is this character, and this one's this. I was like, wonderful. Like, to have someone to explain things to me, it was illuminating. Do you remember where you were when you found out that they were making a Spider-Man musical with Bono and the Edge mm -hmm. of U2 doing the music, I'm and Julie <laughs> Taymor of The Lion King directing? Like, I'm sure I was with Ryan. Must so Ryan Siegel, friend of the podcast, yep. longtime friend of ours that we talk about often, I'm almost positive we were chatting about it. Yeah. He would have, been, he would have brought that up. And do you remember what your opinion was at the time? Uh, similar to now, I think. Like, yeah. <laughs> although I know a bit more now, but I think yeah. it was the initial like, huh. And, okay, I will say maybe that's changed a little bit. Sure. Because I learned that comics are theatrical in nature. Yeah. So I don't think it's actually fundamentally a terrible idea. Not even close. Okay, in fact, I great. would say that the development of this musical goes a long way doing a lot of things right mm. before it does almost everything wrong all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about maybe how it came to be. You've read a book about this. There's this incredible book that um, I used to read before I would start any theater contract called A Song of Spider-Man. So Spider-Man being put together was there were four members of the core creative team of the, like the first circle, the people writing it, it was um, Bono and The Edge from U2 <laughs> as composers. Sorry. No, we, that's... Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just um, being called Mr. Edge. Mr. Edge. Mr. Edge, yep. No, the, Mr. Mr. Edge was my father. Call me the. Yeah. <laughs> so there was them. There was Julie Taymor, um, famed director, directed yep. the, uh, the Lion King on Broadway, mm -hmm. which is still running, still going strong, yeah. um, who came on board as like the big creative head and the co-book writer. And this guy, Glenn Berger, 
Glenn Berger, yeah, a playwright who'd done some off-Broadway stuff, wrote this play called Under the Lintel, which is supposed to be real good. Mm -hmm. I've never read it, and ended up getting tapped to be like the wordsmith. Julie Taymor was going to kind of do the grand overarching plot, mm -hmm. but Glenn Berger, you're the guy who's going to actually like put word, put pen to paper. Right. Over the course of the creation of this show of several years, every, not every member of that team, most Julie Taymor and most of her team mm -hmm. were fired from the show, and Glenn Berger stayed on <laughs> and wrote a yes. tell-all book about it. And it's awesome, y'all. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. It's very clear uh, that Glenn had no interest in working in large-scale musical theater again, because <laughs> he really tells it all. So I'm going to be... Reading it tonight. No, I'm just I'm, oh, <laughs> I would. I would read it in front of you right now, and that would be the episode. Yeah. But instead, I, I reread it. I hadn't read it in a long time. I reread it, and now I've got it fresh in my head, and I'm excited to fill in the edges of, the con of, our, mm -hmm. um, of our conversation with yes. that context. So, okay. Hmm. I think we should maybe start with how much it cost. Yeah. What do you think? Absolutely, because it cost Do, a lot. Does anyone have any guesses? So, so much, much is a very good guess. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Not okay, a billion. So between those two numbers, yeah. <laughs> between a million and two. No. 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 <laughs> How much did it cost, Jill? Seventy-five million dollars. Which is a lot for a Broadway musical. And still the most expensive one, I think. Yeah. And it lost sixty million dollars. When we when we get to talking about the theater it was in, we'll talk a little bit about that budget because mm -hmm. the show cost seventy-five million dollars, but that money was not on the stage, which is what just drives you up the wall if you think about it too mm -hmm. much. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the it starts it starts with these two guys. It starts with these two producers mm -hmm. named Tony Adams and David Garfinkel. They've got they get the idea to produce this show. They get Bono and the Edge on board. Um, <laughs> sorry, every time you say it, I'll laugh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yes. They get Julie on board. Julie gets Glenn yeah. on board. And they're off to the races. Um, they assemble the rest of a creative team, a whole team of some of the best and brightest theater artists that, uh, that the world has to offer, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, they go through the usual theatrical process. Maybe it's a little compressed. Yeah. Um, they don't do any kind of significant workshop, for example. Mm -hmm. They also don't do any out-of-town tryouts. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they write a show. They give it a, uh, give it a bit of a workshop. <laughs> they mm -hmm. head, into, head into rehearsals, and then they head into previews. Well, I'm sure tech was not easy. Uh, so, so there's a lot of f flying. Yeah. And moving pieces. Yep. And also a lot of Spider-Men. Yes. Yeah. Many men of spider variety. Spider-Men. <laughs> and, and I cannot imagine, like, it must have been months of tech. The, what the book says is they were moving through something like 42 seconds of the show for each no. day of Q to Q. No. Yeah, right? <laughs> Anyone who's ever done a, a Q to Q process for those of you not in the, uh, who don't work in theater necessarily is moving through each tech queue one at a time, making sure everything is safe, everything's feeling good. Um, usually moves pretty slow. We're talking, mm -hmm. if it's a big old show, maybe you're moving through 15, 20 minutes of the show yeah. a night. And right. that's slow. That's pretty painful. That's a slow one, yeah. 42 seconds a day. 
Because it's like clip in, it's like the choreo of the technicians yeah. as well, right? Clip in and then mm -hmm. fly and then people pulling and walls doing stuff. It's wild. Yeah. If you want to look at the slime tutorial, it is on the internet. Absolutely. It is on YouTube. <laughs> Have a watch because it actually is pretty cool to to see that stuff. It's incredible to watch. Um, but it just made me think about that technical process and how intense that would have been. Um, and also makes sense as to why they would have had to have so many previews to like work mm -hmm. those things out. So they're in previews and the show is not received well. Um, it's received very poorly mm -hmm. uh, by audiences. Um, technically the show's just barely holding together. Mm -hmm. um, I think before their first preview they were teching the finale of the show like well, there's a story. There's a story in the book that uh, that Glenn Berger tells of them having to make a decision about whether they were going to spend the last half an hour of tech teching this ending so they could do it that night, or whether they were going to say absolutely not, and Glenn was going to come out and read the end of the show. And they rolled the dice and they teched it. Wow. And they did it, and apparently it went fine. Like they, by fine I mean they had like a 45-minute <laughs> hold. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually, now that you mention it, um, my understanding is that some of the reviewers from the different like news outlets were really ticked off that the previews kept going and yeah. opening night kept getting pushed, and so they came and reviewed it during previews because yeah. to to spite this process basically, which I'm like not sure how I feel about. But it's like uh, that's a pretty significant breakdown in the relationship between theater yeah. creator and reviewer, where usually there's a it's not a written rule but an unwritten rule of you don't review previews, right, you review yeah. opening night. Yeah, and there's this one previewer. Ben Brantley from the Times, who oh, talks about dear friend, <laughs> dear friend, dear of, the friend of ours, um, and, and here he is now. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no. He's stuck no. behind the sign. You can't see oh, him. Okay. <laughs> well, um, we'll, 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 we'll speak for him then. Yeah. <laughs> so, in his review, he talks about this story of how like the show was a total slog, and then they had to call stop, and it was the best part of the show. <laughs> not, not in like a stop, as in like, oh, it's it's good that it, we stopped, but it's good that there was like this moment where everyone could just like breathe and like check in and be like, are we all watching the same thing? Like, are we all having the same shared experience? So he describes that in his, uh, in his review. If you want to have a read, it's really um, enlightening. Uh, but yes, and I also heard <laughs> yep. that the production mm -hmm. was offering $60 goodie bags to people that were willing to like participate in like focus groups about the show. Yeah. So you could like go see the show and then like fill out a form or something and then get a goodie bag? Because at this point, they're, they're trying to solve it, right? They're yeah. trying to figure out how to make this thing something that will make back their money because they're just bleeding right. money every, every week. Eventually, they get to the point, and we'll, we'll get into this in more detail, but just to give you a quick overview, they get to the point where they fire Julie Taymor. Um, I know, and her, I know. Her, and her choreographer, mm -hmm. Danny, Danny Ezrelo. Yeah. Um, and their... Um, Oh, what's his name? Their musical supervisor, Tease uh, Tease Gall. Tease Gall. Tease Gall. Yeah. Gall, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, fire them all. Bring in some new folks to build a new Spider-Man show. To like gut the show, restructure it. They're still in previews. They don't cancel anything. So this poor cast <sighs> is going in every day, doing four hours of rehearsal, um, learning a new show, then going downstairs. Doing the old show every night and clipping into a harness and clipping into a harness and, and doing the old show like nothing's going on. Um, until until finally they opened it. <laughs> sure did. And it was like people thought it was fine. Yeah. That's a lot exactly of people didn't like it. Yeah. And then it closed. Yeah. And that's Spider Man. 
thank you for coming. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so my favorite part about the circumstance surrounding it is the theater specifically. So when I was uh, looking up the stats about this, I was like, what is Foxwoods Theater? Like, I, it doesn't ring a bell, and I'm like... Mm-hmm. Not to brag, but like I know about different you're, you're theater, theater, theater buildings you're, you're like, in like New York. I was theaters. like, yeah. what is Foxwoods? And so I looked it up. So it was originally the Ford Center, which was owned by Canadian theater guy, <laughs> Garth Drabinsky. Not friend of the podcast. Not friend of the podcast. <laughs> if you'd like to do a quick Google, you'll figure out why. Yeah. And then they changed the name in 2005 to the Hilton. Yep. And then... And that's where Young Frankenstein sh- lived there. Yes, yep. exactly. Then, right before this moved in, they changed the name to Foxwoods. And then as soon as this moved out, they changed the name again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I see what you're doing. They're, like, backing away slowly yeah. from the project. So now it's the lyric. <laughs> so, actually, the reason they changed it to the Foxwoods, it was oh a sponsorship gosh, so deal, excited. because they needed to re... They needed to... Um, Renovate the whole theater so it could live, so Spider-Man could live there. Whoa. They needed to tear up everything. And in the middle of that, um, the production company, Hello Entertainment, that was running it, run by David Garfinkel and um, Tony Adams, who at that point had died of a stroke while they were signing the oh, Spider-Man no. contracts. Oh, um, so sorry. It's, it's terrible. Should it's we cancel tragic. what we're doing yeah. right now? I feel um, disrespectful. They ran out of money. And so the theater was just sitting there empty. Wow. They're still paying rent on it. So this is the reason the budget kept getting bigger and Got bigger it. and bigger. But okay. none of that money is on the stage. They're right. just paying to hold the theater. So all of a sudden they've added like $20 million to the budget and everyone's like, let's go. Most expensive <laughs> show on Broadway. Here we go. <laughs> but it's still like a whatever, $45, $50 million show. Right. With $25 million extra dollars. Well, sure. but like, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to scoff at, but still. So yeah. sp- People going in expecting a $75 million show mm-hmm. are right. sorely disappointed because yep. that money isn't actually there. Yes. So these are, this is a rough sketch of the circumstances that are facing Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark as they go into rehearsal. Wow. Should we do a plot synopsis? We, you should do a plot synopsis Kay. and we'll do the five-minute timer. Yes, please. And um, good luck and Godspeed. And Great. I'll be here to encourage you Great. and other folks in the audience Kay. will be here to do the same. Okay. <laughs> so this is a synopsis of the show as it appeared on Broadway, on opening night of Broadway. You watched the opening night? I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay. This, is the, this is the show after <laughs> Julie Tamer was fired. Okay. Is the point. Okay. Great. Um, Great. 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 So act one. We start on a blank stage. But then all of a sudden, we see not Spider-Man, just some kid, Peter Parker. Just a guy. Just a guy. <laughs> just an average kid, not a care of the world. Someone told you he was an average guy, not a care in the world. <laughs> Somebody lied. That's from the Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man movie. A very you have good five movie, minutes. Unlike this. Okay, here we go. So act one is very, is very typical to the Spider-Man story. We start, Spider, um, Peter Parker is giving you a book report in front mm-hmm. of his class about the, um, the story of Arachne. Mm-hmm. The uh, Greek, uh, Greek goddess who was turned into a spider for spiting the gods or something. Yep. Lots she's of really good at weaving. And then yeah. Athena was like, you should be a spider. Yeah. Yeah. Really, there's an incredible set piece where people are, there's a bunch of um, aerial acrobatics. It's gorgeous. weaving. Um, but then back to the classroom, um, class is out. Spider, uh, Peter Parker's getting beat up. Peter Parker's a big nerd. Um, <laughs> but lucky for us, he's got Mary Jane, a girl who he oh, loves. And yeah. she... Kind of likes him. I think so. She likes him. I got the impression. Yeah. So know. we get to, we 
follow, follow them back home. We get to meet Peter's uh, Aunt May and Uncle Ben. This is all very familiar to anyone who's ever checked out Spider-Man. So Not everyone me, but Jill. But yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like especially Spider, like the OG Spider-Man right. by Sam Raimi. Because yeah. this was getting into development around the same time that those movies were like Correct. also yes. in theaters. Right. Yes. The original timing was supposed to coincide with like the Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. Didn't end up working it didn't out. No. But yeah. that's why it feels very familiar. Ah. Yeah, totally. Because then exactly um, as we see in the first uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man, Peter Parker rather, and his <laughs> class go on a class trip to um, a lab, to Norman Osborn's lab, where they realize, oh shoot, a genetically engineered spider has escaped. On the and loose. It's on, on the, the loose. loose. Everyone's looking for it. And then we see it floating down oh. from the rafters, from the flies, and it bites Peter. Surprisingly dinky too. Oh, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> anyway, c- carry on. So, um, yeah. now, now Peter's got spider powers and he's bouncing off the walls. That's what the song is called. He, um, and he's also literally he beats up his that. bullies. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, this is so cool. But wait, he sees Mary Jane getting a ride with his bully. Mm. Oh, in his, in his car, he's giving her a ride to play practice. Not the bully. Not the bully. Yeah. What? I need a car. I'm Peter Parker. I need a car. How can I get a car? <laughs> oh, look. There's um, a wrestling match, an amateur wrestling ring that's offering a thousand bucks or whatever to win. Uh-huh. So he enters that because he's got spider powers, beats up Bonesaw McGraw, who's a surprisingly cheap looking inflatable, inflatable um, <laughs> water <amazing>. toy. Probably. <laughs> Bonesaw was not it, yeah. ready. Bonesaw. Yeah. He was not ready. No, it was amazing. And there's this actor, anyway, there's, there's an actor behind. Like, doing I think it's it. a tech. He's in his stage blacks. Oh, really? A, I, I thought it might be an actor. It might be an actor. Oh, okay. Um, anyways, Peter Parker wins the money. That's very exciting. Oh, uh, Jean, do you have a question? No, very good. Okay. <laughs> we can, we can do questions after. Yeah. It's all good. Um, um, two minutes. <gasps> Peter oh Parker God. wins, but then, um, comes home, finds his uncle Ben has been killed. Oh no. <gasps> so he has to be Spider-Man. He has to be a superhero to stop all crime. Norman yeah. Osborn realizes, oh, Spider-Man's on the loose. He realizes this because J. Jonah Jameson from the Daily Bugle is um, <laughs> writing stories about Spider-Man. Get Many pictures, pictures of Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> <Yep>. um, <laughs> and Norman Osborn's like, wait a minute. I know where this came from. I recognize this. Um, if, Spider- if this Spider-Man can have genetically engineered power, so can I. So he gets in his genetically engineering chamber or yes. whatever and becomes something we're not sure yet because that's the end of Act 1. Well, and his... Uh, his wife, oh, dies his wife dies in that process very too, tragic. which is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because he becomes very vengeful. He becomes very green. Yeah. He becomes oh. very green because we realize at the top of Act Two he's the Green Goblin now. Oh yeah. boy, better look out. Um, <laughs> act Okay, so Act One is very straightforward. Act Two is where things get a little murky. Um, green Goblin. Something about the six, the sinister oh, and he six. Turns his, he turns his um his cronies, his lab um, lab partners, yeah. into the Sinister Six, which is a super villain team from the Marvel comics that don't. This, it doesn't resemble them in the from the comics very much at all. What a disaster! I can see Natara clutching her hair. I agree. <laughs> it's a um, Spider-Man very quickly deals with the Sinister Six, gets them out of the way. The Green Goblin escapes. Yeah. Thirty seconds. Spider-Man goes. I don't want to be Spider-Man anymore. I just want to be Peter Parker. Mary Jane, will you marry me? Mary Jane says yes. The Green Goblin hijacks a TV. Top of the Empire State Building. Top of the Empire State Building. Plays piano. Plays piano. Captures Mary Jane. Um, they fight um, all across the air, and then the Green Goblin falls off the building yep. because Splat. his foot is attached to the piano. Something like Ten that. Seconds. Um, that's the end. Um, I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mary Jane goes, no, you're Peter Parker. I've always known. They kiss. Yes. Lights out. That- hey! Yeah. 
You did it! That was amazing. That was amazing. Um, so, you know, so it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I know about Spider-Man is the upside-down kiss. And yeah. we don't get that until Curtain Call. That's true. Yep. We I definitely know. don't get it. We in get the... it, but it's mm -hmm. at Curtain Call, yeah. which I don't know. I don't see the value of anymore. Because no. <laughs> I'm like, we're just actors now. Like, we don't have to kiss anymore. <laughs> like, we can just... Anyway. That's very different from the plot of Julie Tamor's Spider-Man, from what I understand, where most of what I just described happened in Act 1, and Act 2 was... Oh, because through all of it, he keeps getting visions of Arachne, the spider goddess, who's like, you can do it. You can be Spider-Man. You're great. Originally, she was the big bad villain at the end of Act 2. That's a true oh. story. Yeah, she was like a I major player. I think I would have player. liked that better, actually. Pro, you and Julie Timor both, and no one else in the world. <laughs> no one else wanted it. Because, okay, yes. I um, wanted to try to make sense of Arachne's participation in yes. the version I watched, and that helps me it, it, it explains why that's yeah. there, at the very least. Wow. Okay, yeah. well, I don't see a point in reading the Broadway.com synopsis, because no. it's almost identical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so why don't we move on to book, music, and lyrics? Any other last thoughts before we do that? Oh, let's get into it. Woo! <clears throat> yeah! <laughs> It warms my heart so much to hear people cheering about the dumb things I get to edit in later. <laughs> this is very sweet and makes me really happy. <laughs> oh, right. So we know the book was by Julie Taymor, Lion King yep. uh, director, facilitator, I guess, is probably an yeah. appropriate yeah. title. Mask maker. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of um, all around like creative guru. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn Berger. Mm -hmm. uh, and then later... Mm -hmm. Roberto Iguere Sacasa, who mm -hmm. we've talked about with American Psycho, mm -hmm. and, and Riverdale. And Riverdale. He's the Riverdale guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess he was the like late addition in terms of- He was a of, very late addition. the book was, writing team. He was one of the three people like brought in as a Hail Mary to save right. the show. Yeah. So music and lyrics by Bono and the Edge of- Of- Yes. <laughs> I was doing that because I forgot. No, I'm just <laughs> um, great. Uh, arrangements and orchestrations by Canadian David Campbell. Mm -hmm. Vocal arrangements by David Campbell, T. Skull, and Kimberly Grigsby. So Kimberly mm -hmm. Grigsby shows up on the creative team as well, I think, uh, music director. She's the conductor, yeah. Um, but she's probably the busiest person on this she's team. She's a cool conductor. Currently man. working on uh, Camelot, the revival that's happening. Is she actually? Yeah, that's she's interesting. Because she's usually like a like the rock MD. Yeah, Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening. But uh, also Charlie Monty. Brown, 99. Yeah, I thought that absolutely. was interesting. Isn't that interesting? Um, and then additional arrangements and vocal arrangements by Don Kenny and Rory Coleman. And then music producer was Louis Zakarian. It's a lot of people. Yeah, sorry. What would a music producer do in this context? Like mixing? Because I think some of it might have been pre-recorded. Do you think it was I, that? Probably, possibly. Okay. I honestly couldn't tell you. That's an awful lot of titles for yeah. a Broadway show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's going to come up later, too. Great. Okay. Um, which I'm excited to unpack. Uh, <laughs> great. So, uh, okay, let's start. Yep. This is the part where we sort of say our, our initial reaction to these elements. So we yes. start with the book, music, and lyrics. Great. Okay. You, you go. Let's do book first. Okay. Um, this book is bad. It's, a, it's, probably, it's probably the biggest problem? It's... Maybe? Yep. Yeah, I'd... 
It's one of the two or three biggest problems. <laughs> are we gonna talk? Are we gonna talk about it's, all of those? It's the biggest problem big in this problems section. In this, oh, oh, I think. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Why do you feel that way? Um, it kind of vacillates wildly between like boring and corny. Yeah. Okay. Like at best, it's kind of just serviceable. Get. Pardon me. It's serviceable getting us from one point to another. Mm-hmm. And at worst, it's kind of got, like, shitty, winky Broadway jokes. Yeah. Like, you have to say New York City in the show if yeah. it's happening on Broadway, right? Yeah, exactly. And they say it, like, 25 times. Absolutely. Yeah. So that happens. Also, okay, I wonder if, like, this musical um, has a case of that thing where it's like, oh, that song should have been a scene and that scene should have been a song. 100%. Like, I think that happens a lot in this show. Yeah. And I think part of the problem there is you've got you've got Bono in the edge, and like, full <laughs> full disclosure, I like I like U 2s music a lot. U two is a I'm good sure band a lot, for good a people. A lot of people like Absolutely. them. Um, and are we talking about the music now? Well, it's for, it's gonna happen naturally. Okay, we'll 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 we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll stay in a holding pattern for a second because I think that well, we'll talk about what I think of the music. But I what one thing for sure, one thing that is for sure is that. Bono and The Edge are rock songwriters and mm-hmm. not musical theater songwriters. Yep. And without a partner maybe taking the cool ideas from these really talented rock musicians mm-hmm. and kind of weaving them into something that supports a narrative. Yes. Yeah. I think they are kind of left hanging out to dry mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, combine that with the fact that right around this time, they've just released um, No Line on the Horizon. They're doing that big old 360 tour where they were touring all over the place. It was in IMAX theaters. You saw oh. it? It was incredible, right? Yeah. That's was what they that... were doing instead of writing the music for Spider-Man. <laughs> was that the album that showed up unsolicited in all of our iTunes? Right? Do you was remember that, that? Yeah! But that wasn't... <laughs> we got the unsolicited U2 album. Um, but it wasn't that. Was it? I can't I remember. Don't I don't know. I, I couldn't know. tell you. Anyway, um, but I think you're right. I so think you're you've got yeah. in a so you've got this musical, and it's got the music. Okay, let's do it now. Do you have <laughs> do you have the stuff? Uh, you didn't send me any stuff. Or do you have the do you have the, the soundtrack called up? Uh, yes. Okay. I do. So I think that a lot of this music is good, and I think that the some of the initial ideas for this. Yeah are like right on, straight down the middle, great choice for a Spider-Man musical. Okay, yeah. Um, there's a lot of electric guitar. There's a lot of electric guitar. Okay, okay. before you play yeah. anything, my feeling is that I agree with you about okay. the music and lyrics. I think the arrangements, like the arrangers and the extra yeah. musical support was useful like sonically, yeah. but lyrically we were lost. Lyrically, it's a big problem. Yeah. But let's talk musically for a second. Great. Um, Daph, could you please play Boy Falls from the Sky starting at 30 seconds in? Yeah. <laughs> so this is like the main theme. This is like the big Spider-Man thing. Yeah. So it's like Peter Parker singing about how much, how many emotions he has, which is like angsty teen, angsty teen. This is very, like, very straight down the middle stuff. And then wait for it. Then this big old riff. And fucking Spider-Man swinging around, around. right? Like that's it. There's no question that works. And then can you do Rise Above, starting at 25 seconds in? 
one or Marie's? Thank you. This Excellent is Paul's question. thesis. Yes. As yeah. well. This is the one that you played for me in the car, and I was like, who wrote this? Yeah, right. <laughs> but this is Uncle Ben has just died, and he's trying to like find the strength in himself. It's not the same song? <laughs> it's not the same song, in okay. fact. Yes. <laughs> To me, to me. So to so to me, this is also this is right down the middle. What a great song! Yeah. Like this is this says it. So we've got good elements. Yeah. We've nice also, chord progressions. We've also got some things that are, in my opinion, so bad they're good. Oh. Um, which is also an important thing to have. Could you play uh, "Freak Like Me" starting at twenty seconds? Oh dear, dear God. This is the top of Act Two. This is the Green Green Goblin's like big, um, big emergence. This is called a Freak Like Me Deeds Company. Is this the piano piece? No, this is one. This is the not that. Oh, yeah. The New York City song. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Right? We've got got some voguing going on in the back. And it's exactly that. And, like, what a (laughs) dumb, love it, great. But then a lot of the the music's just bad, bad, bad. Want to just play Pull the Trigger? This is my last one. And this is, well, you'll, you'll see. Lin-Manuel could never. <laughs> exactly. This is, and like, they just kind of half-wrap the whole thing. Oh, it's bizarre. And I so, was like, Paul, do they ever say Spider-Man, Spider-Man? Friendly? No, they never do. But that's as close as they get. Okay, Spider-Man, Listen, Spider-Man, genetically Spider-Man. altered not too Spider-Man. Good to put it in this movie. Yeah. What are we doing here, um, Mr. The Edge? So the point, the point of this is I can see where if you hear those, some of those ideas at yeah. least, on like a demo, if you're starting yes. starting this off, starting this process off, you're like, great, we're on the right track, Mil- millions of dollars, here we come. Mm-hmm. But something falls apart between those demos and getting it to the stage. Right. Do you think it's the collective, though? Like, I wonder, like, all things in combination. Yep. Because then you have this, and you're like, oh, that that's like pretty good yeah but then it's in a different show from like visually what we're seeing yeah which we'll get to and then it's also like in a different show than like the book itself yeah that's exactly what it is it's like bono and the edge wrote like five songs that were really good yeah and then took a bunch of time off and then wrote like 10 songs that are really bad (laughs) i mean they don't i mean they don't need the money they (laughs) they don't need the fame they're good they're good (laughs) Right? Okay. Do you have Kay. any other things you want to say? Um, just that the lyrics of all the songs, including the ones that are good, don't really serve anything. They don't move anything forward. Yeah. They're like, they're rock songs. They're all internal, yeah. but there's no external dramatic um, forward motion going on in these songs. Mm-hmm. And that just means that the show, and it's not even a long show. It's like two hours no, all told. it wasn't too bad. Yeah. I stopped But it feels like it's like four hours long because there's nothing yeah. moving us forward. We go mm-hmm. from book scenes that are all action. Right. That are just like, hey, Mary Jane, walk, walk, walk. I'm Peter Parker. I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm nerdy. To four minutes of a U2 song, yeah. which is good, which like represents Spider-Man as a character, yeah. but sure doesn't make for a good play. Right. Yeah. That's my take. Okay. There we go. Great. Um, there was this... Uh... <laughs> 
one review by Hadley Freeman from The Guardian who uh, wrote about the music, quote, personally I had to detox sonically afterwards by listening to five Cat Stevens songs in a row and I don't even like Cat Stevens. And I thought that was kind of rude. And <laughs> um, because of those three elements, book, music, and lyrics, yeah. I would say m musically I, I was not that offended. It's the strongest of the three. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. We, okay, so we're gonna move into our rating, yep. which is where we're gonna ask you for hands. Yeah, we're going out of 10. Okay, so we go out of 10 playbills. Yep. How many monkeys do you give this? Okay, should we do this separately? This is my question. I think that we should do the book separately with the music and lyrics together. Great, let's start with book. So out of yep. 10 playbills, how many monkeys do you give this book? Ready, everybody? <laughs> We got threes, we got fours, threes, fours we got twos. two fists, which yeah. means double zero. Absolutely. And this is having not probably most of you uh, heard it at yeah. all, but I encourage you to do so. Kay. Okay. But what about the music and the lyrics? Ten, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, ready everybody? Out of ten playbills, how many monkeys? Here we go. Mm? Whoa, okay. <laughs> I'm going six. I'm gonna go six. Yeah, this feels right. Yeah, all right. We, got, we had some context. We were able to deliver some context. I've maybe sold some people on some of this music. <laughs> maybe me Great. a little bit yeah. more, too. I'm like, oh, that's not so bad. <laughs> Amazing. Let's get into the direction and choreo, shall all we? All right, let's do it. Okay, so original direction by Julie Taymor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yep. Musical director, Kimberly Grigsby. Legend. Choreography and aerial choreography by... Daniel Ezrelo, yep. and then additional choreography by Chase Brock. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, a million assistants and associates, mm -hmm. so please visit ibdb.com to see mm -hmm. a full list of everybody. You're missing one important person on oh, that list. You. I believe he's listed as a creative consultant. Oh. Is he, maybe he's not even in the credits. His name's no. Phil McKinley. Nope. He and he's the person found. who took over the direction of the show after <gasps> Julie Timor was fired. Um, a very important player in all of this. Phil McKinley, who... I think his biggest credit before this was like Boy From Oz. Oh, okay. Which is cool. With Hugh Jackman. Which, yeah, and, yeah. And circuses. Okay, like that, he direct that tracks. circuses. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, not a terrible decision. Yeah, but this from is what a I circus. understand, the exact opposite of Julie Taymor. Where uh, Taymor. Like in style? In style, okay. in approach to their work, where Taymor is organic, Taymor mm -hmm. is like everything is based in the, the importance of telling a story. Mm -hmm. Phil McKinley is like all flash, all boom, boom, boom. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. What did you think of the direction in choreo? Uh, fine. The, yeah? Yeah. The, the choreo too? The choreo, well, okay. I love <laughs> like 80s movement. Yeah, okay. And Good. this choreography lived deeply in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Even though the show didn't live at any particular time period, there nope. were like cell phones and typewriters and like <laughs> 50s suits, but also... Like reporters with big hats with press passes yeah, in them. Yeah, but like yeah. still more cell phones. Like yeah. I just couldn't, I, I couldn't place us, but the choreo was very clearly 80s yeah. and very aerobic and athletic, which yeah. I love. Yeah. And I also really liked the moment where um, Peter Parker was singing the what I believe was the 11 o'clock number, although there were like 10 of those. Ah. But he was singing it and there were a bunch of slow motion Spider-Men dancing behind. <laughs> yes! I actually love that! I cannot help myself. There's something about like eight guys in tights doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of nice like and I'm gonna take heat for this but I some of the staging and choreo I 
was into. Well, it's the, it's the same with the, with the music like we were talking about. The, the line between it really working and it really don't is razor thin. Yes, yeah. Um, as it is with any musical, I would say, because musicals are, at their heart, absurd. Oh, 100%. Um, I hated the choreography. I knew hated, you would. Hated, I knew you would. Hated it. Yeah. Um, it was, in my opinion, distracting. It didn't serve the story. It did At not. one point, they're all singing in the lab. This is like when the high school students are, um, oh, yeah. are visiting the lab. And they're just, one? oh, they're going to town. I'm like, why are all the high school yeah. students dancing so much? <laughs> well, Norman Osborne. Because they Osborne, love a field trip. And they love like, <laughs> We love field trips. And they're passionate about the, the science work that they Norman Osborne is doing. And it yeah. made no sense. And it made me frustrated and upset <laughs> and kind of tired. Sometimes I wish we could. So Paul and I generally don't uh, talk to each other very much during yeah. our research because we like to come in fresh. Yeah. And we also then don't get an opportunity to share in the experience of watching these together. No. So uh, I love imagining what that would be like. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What about the direction, though? Well... There wasn't much. No. It's because almost like they fired the director, like halfway through previews. Yeah, it was like uh, the movement was great, and then they would be like, oh, ensemble, just like come over here and stand yeah. over there and interact with people around you. Mm -hmm. Like it was very loose, also yeah. because the scenes went by pretty quick, so there wasn't much sort of like staging to be done. I yeah. think most of it was probably handled from a movement perspective. I will say one thing I really do like about the movie, and maybe we can count it here, where you can also count it in like set. Okay. Is there some technical sequences that are just outstanding that mm -hmm. involve movement there's yes. at the beginning when um, we're talking doing the myth of arachne we've got like we mentioned these aerials with silks all like weaving and it's like some Cirque du Soleil shit it's yeah awesome. it's like okay so there's yeah. alternate I'll describe it because it's stunning and you should yeah. watch it but there's aerialists that are alternate so every second person is swinging they're sort of swinging like this right and every time they open up another piece of silk flies between them. It's like and a latticework pie crust. So it's yeah. weaving it's in with the aerialists, and it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, absolutely. Then, yeah, that was um, beautiful. And all the, all the flying as well, all the swinging yes. around, it looks awesome. Like it really, it super works. You watch it happening, even on the slime tutorial, tutorial yeah. that we're watching, you're like, oh, I can see. If you can do something like this, yes, Spider-Man, the musical makes sense. Remember awesome. when Spidey was riding the Green Goblin yeah, over the audience? I do. And that it's was really, cool. It's really cool. He was cool. like surfing on, on him. him. Yeah. Again, worth watching. Yeah. Um, it also reminded me of West Side Story because. Oh, did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> of one of the greatest musicals of all time. Did yes. It? <laughs> uh, no, but there was this really amazing like uh, <laughs> movement yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't love the bullies as like character sure. I don't think it's that important but um yeah. but I thought there was this amazing dance fight sequence in the beginning that was yeah. really cool I can get behind that and it reminded me of West Side Story there's a really good one when after Spidey has his powers where they're doing oh, a fight yeah. as well with the bullies and it's all in slow motion it's really good yeah okay so do you like the choreo more now that you I think you've it? maybe talked me up, <laughs> talked it up for me a little bit like I'm gonna rank it higher than I was going okay to for sure. okay any last like thoughts about anything <sighs> No, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So together? Probably. I think we might yeah. have to put them together. Yeah, let's do it together. I agree. Yeah. Okay. I was trying so, to think if I had any other thoughts, but no. I think out of 10 playbills, how many monkeys do we give this direction in choreo? So. Okay, hold on. I need yep. to. Uh, three, two, one. Hmm? 
Okay. Oh. We got five, sixes, sevens. We got an eight in the back, which is fair enough. I'll. We got some fours. And Phil's in the back, like not <laughs> the one voting person who actually Phil's saw like, this thing. I saw yeah. this and I'm, I'm not going there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about some design. Okay. Okay. I'll list off yeah. these people, and then uh, I hope I got everyone. Yeah. Okay. Scenic design by George Sipen. Costume design by Aiko Ishioka. Lighting design by Donald Holder. Sound design by Jonathan Deans. Projection design by Kyle Cooper. Mask design by Julie Taymor. I'm halfway done. Yeah. <laughs> Hair design by Campbell Young and Associates. Uh, makeup design by Judy Chin. Media designer was Howard Werner. I don't know what I'm a media not, designer is. Uh, oh, maybe video sequences. Sure. Anyway, prosthetics design, Louis Zakarian. Yep, same Louis from the music department. Very versatile. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to mention. And then automated lighting programmer was Richard Tyndall. And of course, again, assistants, associates yep. galore. Totally. Check it out. IBDB. Um, there's one person who's very crucial to all of this. I, didn't, I forgot my notebook at home. I had this all written down, and I forgot my notebook at home. So mm. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He was okay. the original technical director. He was the same technical director or designer or whatever who had done um, Lion King okay. with uh, Taymor. Mm -hmm. And he was originally on and all the technical sequences from what I understand that really work, the flying, the webs, those are all his. Okay. But then one day Julie Taymor went on his website and found some stuff that he had forgot to credit her on. Like some <gasps> pictures of work that he had just had credit to himself and not to him and her. And she yelled at him a lot, and he quit Spider-Man. Whoa! Yeah, which is also kind of a common theme through all of this, is Julie Timor yelling at people <laughs> a lot. Are they friends anymore? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask them now! Is Fred Gallo the man that you're thinking of? It's not. Okay. I've, I've got it written down at home. Okay. Oh, we can, we'll edit this in. His no. name is... No, we're not editing things. I keep <laughs> Never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, wow, that's dramatic. The, the set's really cool, mm -hmm. and it doesn't work. Oh, explain. Do you think it works? Uh, I think it would work if the costumes were different and the book <laughs> was different. <laughs> I think on its own, it's very functional. I, no? Okay, I, my, that's fine. Here, well, here, here's my pitch. Here's yeah, my pitch. You can take, take, it, take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, I think that there's moments of it, the set just looks stunning. It looks so fucking good. Mm -hmm. um, there's this one moment, like, towards the end where this giant Chrysler building, like, shoots out, and it's like, <laughs> we're on the ground, and you can, but it's, so it's like horizontal. It's perspective play, so it's and sort so of it looks like, like we're looking up at the Spider-Man and the Green Goblin fighting on top of the Chrysler building. Yeah. And it's incredible. It looks so good, and there's moments like that all over the place. But then and it's super hyper stylized. But then there's also moments like the wrestling ring, which is just like a wrestling <laughs> ring with an inflatable it's bone like saw. It's made of like those balloons that yeah. are like long and that you're supposed to make so into cheap. animals. Yeah. So this yeah. this combination of yeah. just stunning design work and literally like you'd be embarrassed to, to see it in a high school production. Yeah. Like you, kind of. You know no, what it actually okay. reminded me of? Hmm. Has anyone here ever been to Universal Studios? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
You ever see any of the live shows they do it like in the middle of like the, the town square? Great. In the daylight? It kind of reminded <laughs> me of like the Spider-Man experience oh, at Universal sure. Studios. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Which is not what you want out of your $75 million musical. No. No. Um, actually, it was only $50 million because oh. the $20 million <laughs> went to the theater, Paul. Okay, <laughs> um, what about the costumes? Okay, so first of all, my feeling about the set. Oh, yes, please, I'm, please, of course. <laughs> because I want to say that I liked them a lot on their own, like as if they were yeah. their own version of Spider-Man. And yeah. then the costumes were another version. Yeah. And then, do you know what I mean? And projections were another. Yep. So the design elements were all excellent, in, totally. but like in isolation. Yeah, they're certainly, they certainly do not come together to make a cohesive yeah. product. Totally. No. So that's my feeling on the sets, yeah. and also then my feeling on costumes. Okay, wait, what were you gonna talk about before? Sorry, when I rudely interrupted. Oh I, you. no, I, I was just gonna ask about the co- what, what, what costumes. Costumes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So my feeling about the costumes was I didn't. Again, I didn't understand where we oh, were in time and space, which I don't think disaster. is a big deal. But if you're gonna do a no time period thing, be blatant about it. Don't just like mix and match and hope that we'll just like get it. Like, yeah, uh, did you ever see The Incredibles? No. Who do you think I am? It's like you don't even know me. Like, what? I would never. It's really cool that we're friends. Yeah. We're very opposite. <laughs> the Incredibles does that out of time design okay. really well. It's really cool. What um, is, what, can you give me an example that you can, like, of, of the Incredibles, Incredibles design? It has, like, a very, like, 1950s, 1940s aesthetic, but right. then, like, there's all this technology, but it kind of feels like. The 1950s version of the future. Oh, okay. Yeah. If, right. If that makes okay. sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. when they That's, were thinking about yeah. things like cell phones, they still had this very 1960s perception of what a cell phone would look like. Got it. Jetson style. Exactly. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, turn off the dark school and for the same thing, and man, it doesn't work. Okay. Oh, it doesn't work. Right. Um, Do you have additional thoughts? Did you like I, that guy's blazer, the yelling news guy? What's his name? J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> that guy. Oh, love that guy. I love everything about that guy. I like Get his... me pictures of Spider Man. I want his blazer. <laughs> It was nice. I think they used it in Beetlejuice after. <laughs> and then there's also all this prosthetic costume design. Like the Green yes. Goblin's all prosthetics. He's got the, his Sinister Six, who are all like a mix okay. of inflatable puppets. And, and you didn't like those? No, I thought they looked terrible. I liked them. Oh, no. I liked no. them, Paul. I don't know what it they was. They look horrendous. Oh, okay. The lizard, is, he's a guy, and then a, a balloon lizard comes out of you. Look it up. This is very well documented on YouTube. They did like a Good Morning America type thing. It's I thought it was nice. I liked it personally, but that's okay. We can have different feelings on it. Um. Um. Okay. Uh. Arachne. Oh yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. I keep forgetting that Arachne exists. I know. So, I didn't get the. There was like a headpiece I didn't understand, and And then. Uh, when she's transformed into the spider initially, she's doing this with her hands, and then she comes on later, and she's got yeah. like legs, and it, I yeah. don't know. The and whole it kind of feels like she can't me. really move. She just kind yeah. of flies around the stage, trapped in this spider shell. But the version I saw was uh, Katrina Lank, so at oh. least she made it really good. We'll talk about the yeah, performers it, 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 totally, in a second, totally, totally. but yes, that's right. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought the costume design was a big old miss. Spider-Man okay. looks like Spider-Man. That's good. Yeah. yeah, and all the other Spider-Men. Oh, the Spider-Men look like Spider-Men? It was nice. Yeah. yeah. We got the colors we wanted. Yeah. Lighting design's cool. Yeah, okay. I thought the lighting design was sick. It's all kind of dark and moody. Projections are cool. Yeah. Like, it's... 
There's money. There's money there. <laughs> it just, oh, y'all, it's... The hair design was bad. Hair design's bad. The wigs are bad. Really bad. Really, like it's, really it's bad. that thing of like you go in, you're like, this is a $75 million musical. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking for all the problems. Yes. You're looking, anytime yep. there's anything, it jumps out twice as much. Yep. You're right about that. Um, and it's just, it's too bad. And that's kind of beyond their control, but also, I mean, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Should we rate it? Let's rate it. Um, probably all together. Let's throw it all in. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to disagree a lot on this I one, know I we think. Are. Okay. Uh, yeah. Out of 10 playbills, how many monkeys are we giving the design? Three, two, one. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jill's holding up a seven. I'm holding up a four. Audience has some two. We got some twos, some fours, some fives, some sevens. Yeah. Um. Just text me once you've seen it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I don't care what your opinion is. If it's different from mine, I want to hear that too, because we're still friends. Okay. (laughs) We'll see you by the end of this episode. Okay. Should we talk about the performances? Oh, God bless them. Oh, bless Beautiful them Beautiful baby angels. Okay. Every one of them. I counted 41 core cast and t- 24 swings. And I'm sure this is like the 41 core were on stage, like yeah. always. And then the 24 swings, I think were over maybe the course of the duration of the run, but they always sure. had like 10 well, at a make, time. That would make something. sense if you're trying to create a swing system that covers 41 tracks. A swing tracks. system? A swing, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it took me that long to do it. So we've got, as Peter Parker, yeah. this guy, Reeve Carney. Great who name. At, at this point, yeah. has never acted in his life. Is a um, just a, he's a rock band guy. I love when that happens, hey. And Julie Taymor like finds him. A guy him, walks in and they're right? like, I don't need to audition. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like kind of like a Bono sound alike. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, have, very much has this Bono kind of, I mean, you heard him there. He sounds like Bono, right? It sounds like freaking U2. I don't know what U2 sounds like. I'm sorry. You never, <laughs> never read, never listened to U2. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, no, actually, okay. I'm sorry. I, I've heard Beautiful Day. It's a beautiful day. That one yeah, I've heard. There we go. Yeah, and I'm a Matt. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> what Sorry, do you think of Reef Carney? Great. Yeah. yeah. Nice uh, yeah. voice. Rock. Like a very raw sound. Yeah. Yeah. A very uh, focused actor. Yeah. Fine. All around. I can't imagine it working better if he had like a musical theater tenor, you know? No, no. Like I it think, works fine. I think it's actually better this way, probably. I think he's charming. Yeah. Yeah. What about... Jen, uh, Jen Damiano? I actually saw The Replacement. Oh, sure. And I, uh, okay, I didn't like the character, so. Sure. Mary Jane, this is Mary Jane Watson, the yeah. love interest. So I felt like the writing of that character was a bit, like, flat. It's so comics it have a problem in general. Really it's the not the best. Fault yeah, absolutely. That I didn't like yeah. them, because it Very wasn't about fair. them, it was about the role. Okay, um, but what about... Okay, Foghorn Leghorn. That's what David called him. This Sorry. is Patrick Page, who played uh, Norman Osborn slash the Green Goblin. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> has a southern accent in this version for like some a, reason. Like a really... Like a southern drawl. A drawl, yeah. yeah. Um, Patrick Page, legendary... And then, then Patrick Page and Reeve Carney are reunited on um, Town. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Kind of a cool thing. Um, like... <laughs> He does it. Yeah, everybody does it Everyone though. Everyone does it. Well, like, yeah, <laughs> everybody's doing it. I, They're doing I don't it. think 
anyone in the cast sucks. No, I agree. Like, honestly, they're giving it their all, and I think they're, they're working their ass off, asses yeah. off. Uh, there's a really, uh, I don't even want to put a quantifier on this, but the yeah. quote from Hadley Freeman from The Guardian about the performers is, quote, the actors have the look of the orchestra aboard the Titanic. Valiant... <laughs> Valiantly doing their best, though they know this ship is going down. Yeah, that's... Like, could you imagine? And they showed up every day and they gave mm -hmm. it their all, knowing that these audiences are there, like, paying to see them. Like, that's mm -hmm. so incredible. At this point, they've already gone through the process I described, where they um, were creating this show in the afternoon and performing the old show in the evening, which sucks. Yeah, that's that splitting your focus like that. The best part of this job is when you get to open the show, then you only have to work three hours a day, eight times a week. Yeah. <laughs> only have to work, whatever. Only but like, <laughs> it's very demanding to be in the run of a show as well, obviously. But yeah. it, that's the point. It's demanding to be in a run of a show. Can you imagine doing that and also having to go in every day yeah. to do four hours of rehearsal? People are starting to experience that more... Uh, in Manitoba specifically, because yeah. we're having more understudies now, which I think yeah. is excellent. Yep. But that does put a different demand on the For ensemble, sure the cast, because yep. it means that even after opening, there's still those additional rehearsals where you have to go in and continue yeah. to work on the show in a different track. At least in that case, though, the like the silver lining is this will be great when someone goes down. Like this is this. <laughs> Well, no, when someone like... Oh, well, I know. Okay, yeah. Sorry, when? I know what you when? Because I was well, like, is Tanya Harding? Jesus. People go down on shows. They, people get hurt. Yes. People no, have to call right. out for whatever reason. And it's yeah. like, and yes. then you're so glad you've got an understudy. Someone yeah. might get hurt. Get trained up. Yeah. Oh, and even so then, at least it's just like a week or two of right. training up the understudies. Um, yes. As opposed to months and months of work because the friggin' producers and the core creatives couldn't get their act together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, okay. So further to this, though, yeah. the performers and Daphne just alluded to this, but like someone might get hurt. Okay. This actually happened in a major way on this show. There were so many injuries. And for me, I'm like, and these actors continued to show up and there was still safety violations going on. And I don't do this to be like, oh, they're heroes. Like they should keep showing mm -hmm. up. It's like, no, this is like a problem. Yeah. That there's it's a big like problem. all of these issues and they still came to work. There like, were two major, major, major safety violations, from what I understand, and a bunch of, a bunch of minor ones, um, which are also very no major, good. Don't, yeah. not, not good, don't do it. But two that like, made the news. The one, the first big one was, there's this moment where um, Spider-Man has to like, run and try to get Mary Jane. This is in the old version. Mm -hmm. um, and he like, and there's like, and it's like, poses for a second, and the actor playing Spider-Man, it's not Reeve Carney in this case, it's one of the Spider-Man doubles, because obviously they don't put Reeve Carney in the suit all the time, mm -hmm. they'll have whoever else, um, ensemble member One in of the, the suit. eight that did the yeah. slow motion. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thing. Goes and runs to the edge of like a, um, an elevated um, platform, and it's caught by a cord, and mm -hmm. like, mm, and it's a really cool, like, it looks like a comic book panel. Um, and a crew guy forgot to um, hook up the other end of the cord. And this, uh, this performer fell into the orchestra pit. Um, I think it was, yeah, 35 feet. 35 feet. And it's horrific. really, really horrific. It's very bad. You can, you can find footage of it online and it's in I front of a live it, audience. I won't be yeah, don't, it. don't, there's no need to if you don't yeah. um, want to, obviously. <laughs> this is in front of a live audience. Um, and he was out for months. Mm -hmm. Then he came back to the show. Okay, that I didn't know. He did, yeah. Um, 
Incredible. Wow. Um, so that was one. And then the second was after they were open. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, this one's even worse. Um, a guy, a dancer got um, caught in some hydraulics. Um, oh, I didn't know that one. Where it wasn't as well publicized. Oh, um, no. And it uh, like really hurt his foot. And he oh, um, doesn't dance anymore. That's so yeah. horrible. So really, it's, it's worth noting because fuck that. Yeah, fuck actually. That. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not, ne- never worth it. We're, it's a fucking yeah. theater show. Yeah. And I love theater. That's my life. I love it more than anything. <laughs> and you love superheroes. And I love superheroes. <laughs> and I love my friends not getting hurt at work, yes. most of all. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there's any point to be drawn there. If there is, yeah. I, don't, I don't have anything especially grand to say other than that sucks. And yeah. the producers should feel ashamed and I'm kind of disappointed that they hadn't didn't just at least pull the plug for a while right, right there and yep. examine it you know what I mean it's a sign yep. of maybe something really unhealthy in the way we're mm-hmm. producing large-scale theater yep. in our industry yeah um let's talk let's rate the cast <laughs> okay well we have to okay yeah. we're gonna rate the cast here okay out of 10 playbills yep. how many monkeys do we give this cast yeah, like nine, <laughs> ten. Absolutely. I'm giving toes. We got big, we got big <laughs> numbers. We got eight like, on the low end, tens, tens, tens across the board. <laughs> this yes. cast works their ass off yeah. in a show that is at best convoluted and doesn't make much sense and at worst is actually hurting them. Yes. Which is, should never be something you have to do at any job, much no. less Broadway theater. Exactly. All right. Okay. Okay. So we have a couple more things left yep. to do. And this one is the Tony game. All right. Okay, so I'll give a little bit of info and then I'm gonna see if anyone wants to guess the Tony Award shows that were at kind of the same time. Okay, so welcome to the 66th Annual Tony Awards hosted by, any guesses? What year is this, please? Hey, bingo! (laughs) This is, and this is after they missed, they were planning on being eligible the year before, missed eligibility. They missed eligibility for the 65th Tonys. Because previews. It so. is. And this is around the time we're watching these together. Yes, I feel like we I were together. We were together for this, for right? This. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's June 10th, 2012. And I actually wrote, I have a yes. memory of watching this with you at Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Okay, so that year there were eight original musicals. That's, that's a lot. Um, okay, and we've covered four now. This'll, this is number four. And we are going to be able to cover five. Okay, so... Think back on some of the shows we've talked about. If there's anything that comes to mind 2012, from 2012, what's going 2011, 2012. Uh, Tuck Everlasting? No. no. Dang it. No. <laughs> no. No good guess. No. You're all you're in the right time period, but like not quite. Yeah. You're what what No. No, good guess though. Yes. I think. American Oh wait, Snipe. no, wait. Nope. That was the next year, sorry. Nope. nope. Looking up our own episodes of this freaking show. So there's one with Raul. Yes, Bonnie Bonnie and Clyde Clyde is one. Is one is one of the best uh, musical moms? Um, I don't think so. Okay, sure. But it's one of the ones we've covered that was also in this eligibility year. Yeah, I don't think any of the ones we've covered were nominated for best musical. Wow, wow, wow. I don't think. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Because also Spider Man was all but shut out. Um, it got virtually no nominations. Oh, we have covered one. Nom. One nom, okay. Yeah. Okay, so that one is the Steve Martin movie. 
Oh, um, we've covered, no, the um, uh, Leap of Faith. Leap of Faith? This is the Leap of Faith year. Okay. So this is also, oh, can I just do it? Yeah. Um, is this also Once? Yes. And Newsies? Yeah. And Pippin is Best Revival? Uh, no. Not yet. Okay. No, not um, yet. That was the next year. next year. Uh, the, you never remember this musical. And, you, and if I say Matthew Broderick and Kelly oh, O'Hara. Oh, 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 the Gershwin thing. The Gershwin um, thing. Nice work if you can get it. Yay! Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah. so those were the four <laughs> that were nominated for Best Musical. So Once, Leap of Faith, Newsies, and Nice Work. Yep. Do we all know who won that year? That year? Once won. Once totally. won. Absolutely. Not once, but eight times. <laughs> and it's kind of this funny thing where, because Once is like the most, maybe people have seen it, I'm sure people have seen it, the most stripped down, yep. like no technical elements, just a bunch of, not even an orchestra, just um, the it's actors so are playing. It's so stripped down that they make their actors also <laughs> play. <laughs> so just like the polar opposite of Spider-Man in every respect. Yes. Um, we also, okay, so then the other shows that we covered yep. from that time are... <laughs> Scrolling down somewhere. <laughs> oh, there it is. Thank you so yep. much. Okay, so we've covered Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, and then Ghost, the musical, was that Ghost year. Ghost that year. Yeah, and then Spidey, and then uh, also Liz Estrada-Jones, which we will eventually we will cover, eventually. or we could eventually cover, I, TBD if we will. That was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the other ones. And then uh, also running at that time were a bunch of revivals. We had, like, yep. tons of really good ones. This person was in this revival and won her, I don't know, 99th Tony Award? Like, does anyone know who has a lot of time? No. No. Good guess, though. Repeat the question one more time, please. Okay, so there was a revival. Sorry, what was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. so Audra McDonald won. Audra McDonald won her. It was probably her seventh yeah. that year. Oh, I remember. Incredible. That was stunning, yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah. But there was that revival. There was uh, two Andrew Lloyd Webber shows that were revived that year. Not cats. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Martin, for example, was in one. What was Well, it? that's Ida. Yes, yep, totally. Ida. And then the other one was the Stratford the transfer. The Stratford JC, uh, JCS. Yes. Yeah, oh, so the Stratford Festival a did a production of Jesus Christ Superstar, and it got picked up and got taken and to Broadway. Lived on Broadway and for a, while. a favorite Sondheim, Follies. Yes. With oh, totally. All the best, and then a bunch of amazing plays. Like this year was incredibly full of like new work. Oh, do you remember those Tonys? And it was really there was a bunch of incredible performances, and that's where Raul Esparza leaves it all on the stage with. Ugh. um <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> but then Spider Man does this. Weird, does, this, does, does the love duet from Act 2. Like, if you and I sat on this table, yeah. that would be what and they did. And saying, it's the song's called If the World Should End, It's Fine. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's you're fine. like, let's see some Spider-Man. But it's almost like they didn't get the noms, and they were like, fuck it, we're done. Yeah, let's we're not flying. Let's just wrap it up. Yeah. We're not flying. <laughs> so. Well, they, well this yes. is it. They would have to rearrange the whole theater, exactly, to get them the friggin' fly. <laughs> so, yeah. uh. Spidey was nominated for two Tonys. Okay. Yep. Do you know what they were? Any guesses on okay. what the categories were? Okay. Yeah, they're, they're Correct. both below, below they're the line. That's the word I was looking for the other day. Below the line categories. Oh, yeah. thank you. Okay. Yeah. Below the line. Yeah. 
Any ideas? No. No. What was it? Costumes, yeah, costumes yes. Mm -hmm. No, no that's I one. wish. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I would riot. <laughs> Leading the industry. Paul doesn't actually care that much about choreo, but that, <laughs> like, that would be the moment where you're like, I will not I tolerate Spider-Man. <laughs> the other one was best scenic design. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so those and one wins two. neither. Wins neither. Loses scenic design to once. Which is which is like <laughs> which is which is one set and it's lovely. It's beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but that just goes to show that I you don't can't know if once just like that award. throw money at something and expect that it's going to take any awards, take right? anything, yeah, or yeah, yeah, be of interest. Also, Peter and the Starcatcher. Sorry, I forgot Peter that was and that the year. Was that and the year. mountaintop and one man, two governors and Venus and Fur. Like so many, so many shows. I think we've got another one of those coming. In the next two or three years, something's about to click in. I think so too. Um, get get excited. We've had a few yeah. like really nice, like consistently good. Yeah, you can seasons. feel it's starting to pick up steam. And this year, I'm sure folks have listened back on some of our episodes where we yeah. just covered those three kind of surprising closures, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I feel like usually when that happens, something they're just making way for new work to yeah. come in, and that's exciting to think about. Exactly. Okay. Here we are. Two questions, right? You have two questions to answer. What's the first one we always ask? Should this, should this be a musical? Should this be a musical? Okay. I'll ask it. Okay. Everybody, Paul's thinking. <laughs> I am, I'm. Or do you have a headache? I don't know. Both. Both. Should, <laughs> should Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark featuring Foghorn Leghorn. And Reeve Carney. <laughs> David's mad. <laughs> and Reeve Carney. Should, should it be a musical? No. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so we like to clarify this question. We're yeah. not saying should this exist. Yeah. We're saying it does. does this, should this exist as a musical yeah. versus we've as an it. opera, as a we've play, got, as a we've film? Got some yeses. I feel like it should be a rock opera, personally. Ooh. I feel like it should have no speaking. Yeah. It should be entirely sung through. This is it. And it should have been written in tandem with, like, I'm trying to think of a really great um, pop. What about um, Yorkie and Kit? Like, one of, the, oh, one of them. That's what they needed. They needed a Tom Kit. Well, this is it. When we talk about Bono and the Edge yeah. not having the experience writing a... Uh, musical themselves. They need someone like a Tom Kitt yeah. um, to um, wrote Next to Normal, among many other things, and yeah. a lot of the time comes on board as like a musical arranger, supervisor type yeah. deal to kind of bring these things to the finish, li to the finish line. Mm -hmm. Where was he, right? Yeah. Like he he was tired. He, he yeah. did actually just write Next to Normal. The yes, year right. that's right. The year before, so. But um, I think it could be a great like rock He's in the process of like, writing uh, <laughs> Bring It On right now with Lynn. Oh yeah, Lynn. Bring It On yeah, totally. was happening. Yeah. Um, but I think, yes, some sort of, and it should be done in like an arena setting. It should be like you a Cirque du Soleil style show. Yeah, like it can tour in like a big way. That's my feeling. That's exactly what it should be. It should be like a Cirque du Soleil style experience. Mm. Oh, I would... Watch the shit. I would travel to go see that. Okay, everybody. To go see Spider-Man <laughs> swing around like Open the MTS Center. Books. Right? We're, we're producing oh, at the man. at the lot outside the golf <laughs> dome. We're bringing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just um. Uh, yeah, but they, they they don't just they shouldn't speak. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm fine if they want to keep singing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But no, I, I don't think it should be a Broadway-style yeah. narrative musical. I think that's yeah. my feeling as well. Right. And a lot of mixed feelings here. A lot of folks are like, I'm good without it forever. Um, okay, so this is the final question. We're at the very end. Is this just kind of a flop? Is this actually a secret bop? Or is this so bad we got to make it stop? <laughs> make it stop. Okay. Oh, we have a lot of make it make stops. Make it stops. Yes. Oh, yeah. People are getting Original hurt. production, make, make that it stop. stop. Get it out of there. No, make it stop. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. See, and likewise, I think, I think like Boy, Fro Boy Falls from the Sky is a secret bop on its own. Absolutely. Okay. I think, I don't know. I think make it stop from a safety perspective. Absolutely. 100%. And then a flop from just like a general It's definitely a flop. It just doesn't work. It doesn't hold together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be interested in taking some of these elements and creating a show out of it. If someone mm. came to me tomorrow and was like, <laughs> they won't let me, Jennifer. <laughs> we have no money. <laughs> we have no money. But <laughs> like if, no if someone came to us tomorrow and was like, hey, do you want to put up Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark as it appeared on Broadway? Oh, I wouldn't do it. I'd say it. no. I would only do it if we were allowed to do our own version. Absolutely. And it would be puppets. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh Throwing my god. Throwing them around the theater. Well, that was fun. Thank you all so much for Here coming. Oh we yeah. We forgot to mention it at the start, but this season of Monkeys and Playbills is made possible a by the Crescent Arts Center, where we're recording this right now. Yes. And b by the Canada Council for the Arts through a wonderful one-year um, Digital Now grant that we would love for them to continue for multiple years. <laughs> They're not. Everyone write to your Canada Council. Thank you, Daddy Canada Thank you, Daddy Council. Canada Council, for your money. <laughs> um, this was part of a larger festival that yeah. has one more performance tomorrow evening. If you have not yet seen Reconnection, please join oh, us really tomorrow good. at 7.30 p.m. You should definitely come see it tomorrow. It's really, it's just outstanding. And you should also come. The Village Conservatory has other events going on. Not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. We're having our monthly musical theater open mic night, a lot of night music at the CCFM. We're going to have auditions for our 2023-24 uh, intensive in June. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned to social media for information on that. And most importantly, thank you to all of you for listening. Yeah. It's, it's weird podcasting because you... We sit in one of our living rooms and we record this, and it, we have no idea who hears it. The state of <laughs> podcasting in Canada is such that it just goes out into the ether. So yeah. to sit here and see some really wonderful friends, just the coolest people, yeah. um, enjoying this and interested in uh, talking about this with us, <laughs> well, it feels really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do more of this. I can't wait. What are we doing next? <laughs> Should we do a something? Something. <laughs> okay. Join us next time when we talk about. Another cool musical that we will discuss later. And you'll just <laughs> fill it in, yeah? Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> Drive safe. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is producer Daphne speaking. 
Thank you all so much for listening to Monkeys and Playbills, the show where we take a look at Broadway musicals that had 100 performances or fewer before closing. To learn more about the show, you can follow us on Instagram at monkeysandplaybillspod or email us at monkeysandplaybillspod at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash monkeysandplaybills. Monkeys and Playbills is proud to be a Village Conservatory for Music Theater podcast. Original music for the show is provided by Paul DeGers, and the show is produced and edited by Daphne Finlayson. We wanted to give a special thank you to the Canada Council for the Arts for supporting this season of Monkeys and Playbills. We also want to thank our producing partners, the Crescent Art Centre, for their support. To learn more about the different podcasts in the Village Conservatory family, visit villageconservatory.com or look up the Village Conservatory channel in Apple Podcasts. 